0: The following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One.
1: Springtime tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. It's peak season for asparagus, which pairs perfectly with a light and crisp rose. Many bottles of champagne and sparkling wines are perfect for adult Easter baskets. And they're really cute, too.
0: My perfect brunch? Belgian waffles with extra whipped cream
1: and a holiday pour of your sweetest rosé. Whether you're hosting or just bringing the wine, Total Wine & More has you covered with 8,000 wines, 3,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers at always low
0: prices. Cheers! Welcome to the Forbes Sports Money Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. On this show, we talk about the business of sports. Today we have Shad Khan, NFL owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Fulham soccer team, and, of course, his auto parts company, Flexingate. shot it's uh, really great to be with you. It's been too long, my friend. I'm very excited to speak with you today.
1: Hey, Mike. Uh, privilege is all mine. You've been an inspirational guy over the years with all the valuations. So it's uh, it's always wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you so much. Hey, so uh, as I understand it, you've been traveling. Uh, you've been in Europe for a while. Um I know you're involved in a lot of different things. Uh, What's going on over there that you can share with us? Well, uh, you know, a couple of things. I've been uh, had a new experience uh,
1: thanks to NFL, which was, uh, you know, in the Cannes advertising uh, festival or the Lion or the Leon uh, awards show. And um, a week before last, I was there for the festival, and then... uh, Uh, I went back for uh, also on the auto parts side. The ground's been kind of changing, shifting a little bit with GM, exiting uh, Europe, selling it to the French, so Peugeot to be specific. And uh, so it's a new customer for us to getting to know them and then, you know, looking at
0: opportunities
1: to, uh, you know, build and acquire uh, facilities there.
0: Is there buzz over there, a lot more buzz, uh, say, when you first came into the NFL over the NFL in Europe?
1: Uh, Definitely. I think, you know, again, it's been five years now uh, being in the NFL, and that was one of the first things, initiatives we worked on, to play games in London on a regular basis like annually, and, uh, you know, a lot of the NFL owners thought it was crazy, uh, but, uh... nfl uh... had the initiative in a international series and you know we were fortunate to really get on those uh... play a game there now it's really a big event and there is awareness uh... Um, there is curiosity but there are fans uh... you know you can put them in two or three different classifications the casual fans and the hardcore fans and uh um so i think it's the really the big growth market for n f l is going to be international um domestically n f l is very powerful uh you know you could even argue maybe point of saturation uh so there is buzz there is awareness and there's a huge amount of interest
0: yeah i get a sense that uh the the ability to stream as the n f l is now streaming some of these games uh really enhances the potential of expanding the NFL outside of North America.
1: Yep, it it does. You know, this year, uh, last year, Yahoo streamed our game uh, globally, and uh, this year, week three, uh, with the Ravens, uh, it's going to be streamed again. And, uh, you know, what's interesting, though, is a huge amount of numbers, if you look at it, the big challenge, and I think, you know, soccer, Finds this all the time, how do you monetize that? and uh, that's the big thing so first you build the audience, and then obviously you've got to look at ways of monetizing
0: it well it, it seems that with the latest deal uh, with amazon for the uh, for the Thursday night games you yep. know for Amazon yep. Prime, they kind of figured out the way to do it in the sense that the the price that they charge uh, for amazon prime if and and the deal that they're offering if you go to nFL football and stream it on amazon Prime is so you know you can't resist it if if you're a if you're a customer I mean my wife uses Amazon Prime all the time right and has for you know several years and and quite frankly, I was like never you know i don't I'm not the shopper in the house so like I never really knew what it did or anything like that so we were chatting one night at dinner and she's like, you know, uh, me, her and our daughter, Genevieve, what's new? What's new at work? And I said, well, Amazon Prime, they just signed the NFL for Thursday Night Football and they paid, you know, way more. I think five times more than the previous uh, uh, deal, uh, comparable deal, streaming deal. And Bridget, like my wife was just like, oh, that makes perfect sense. She's like, I could see, you know, at X, Y, Z, you know, so there are these other companies out there that. It really makes sense for them to get involved in this, even if the NFL, per se, isn't sitting there like in the old days saying, "Okay, if we charge X for, say, CBS to buy our rights and then we have to bring in, we know they have to bring in X plus Y in advertising.
1: Yep. I think it's spot on. Uh, It's a new audience. You know, the consumer viewing habits are changing and Amazon's in the sweet spot. Obviously, several others, I think, Netflix and what have you. And NFL, you know, it's a great sport, but it's entertainment, it's content. And uh, how do you really, you know, get it to the most people and in the process, you know, generate um, the most amount of revenue?
0: You know, Shad, a lot of our um, audience uh, may not be fil- familiar with your entire story. So I wondering if I could impose upon you Uh, To please take a few minutes and tell the audience, you know, how you came into the United States and got your start and and got to be where you are today.
1: So, Mike, I came to the U.S. when I was 16 and uh, got admission to University of Illinois Engineering School. Obviously, you know, you want to immerse yourself, become part of uh, the experience from day one. Football was a key part of it. And, uh, you know, I pledged fraternity and uh, it's social life. It's a sport. And uh, really, you know, developed, obviously, love and passion for the sport. And then after engineering, I mean, I worked as an engineer for a long time. And uh, God didn't obviously bless me genetically for sports. So the closest you could get to it was watch it and then aspire to really own a team. I had business success, obviously, in uh, auto parts manufacturing. I, you know, just looked for opportunity uh, to, uh, you know, buy a team. In 2010, you know, the first opportunity I had was uh, with the Rams and, uh In those days, obviously, St. Louis Rams, and, you know, it didn't quite turn out uh, the way I was expecting, but I'd met a lot of people along the way, primarily the league, obviously, the commissioner, and a number of the owners, and, uh, you know, they said, wait for the next team that comes up, and uh, you have to keep trying. And uh, next one was Jacksonville, and, you know, was successful in uh, buying the team. So it's been a great ride, obviously.
0: Now, if I remember correctly, when you came here from Pakistan, it wasn't exactly you came here with a boatload of money. I mean, I, I think there's a really <laughs> successful entrepreneurship story here, and if I recall correctly... You you essentially ended up buying the company that you started working for. Yeah, I didn't come with much money, you know, a few hundred dollars.
1: You know, and I put myself through college uh, working a number of jobs and was lucky to, you know, find a job in a kind of a blacksmith shop making farm equipment. In those days, that's what pickup trucks were and then which led into – Uh, evolution of, uh, you know, bumpers. And yes, I worked for them for really about eight years, uh, then left for a couple of years to start on my own and then came back and bought them. You know, grew the business, but only in America. I mean, you can come with nothing, get an education, build a business. And then, you know, as you well know, I mean, NFL, no debts allowed. So uh, once you get a deal you got to be able to stroke a check uh, you know cash on the barrel head, so which is one of the unique things about the league so
0: have you had time I, I was thinking about this the other day when i when I was walking uh after I spoke to uh, Jim, your colleague, and we had confirmed the interview and i and I was thinking back from when you and I had our first conversation five years ago or so, and today have you had time to enjoy the journey absolutely I think it's been you know. I knew football
1: was big. You never know how big it is till you're part of it and this is uh you know obviously we haven't won a lot, okay on the field, but uh it's uh it's an incredible experience because uh people really care about it. I think uh the competition is amazing. But also, there's a huge business element to it, which is that you've got to be able to generate the revenue to have a great environment. It's a virtuous circle, and to be able to invest is absolutely vital to get the fans in. And especially if you're not winning, it'd be a good experience for them where they say, well, didn't get the result, but I'm still going to come back. And all around, it's been absolutely uh, far, far beyond compared to what I was expecting been fabulous.
0: And breaking away to say this show is brought to you by the Business Platinum Card from American Express. However you move your business forward, with Business Platinum, it's not about where you are. It's about where you want to take your business next. And nothing helps you like the resources and know-how of the Business Platinum Card backed by the service and security of American Express. Starting with uh, on the football field first, shot. Uh, what was it that you felt you may have not knew before you owned the Jags that you had to quickly learn once you became owner on the management side, I'm really speaking in terms of the football operations?
1: Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's like any business. Uh, there is, uh, look at auto parts. I mean, uh, or... If there is money, uh, which is you gotta generate the revenue, and then there is the knowledge skill. I mean, for me, this you had to split it in two coming in from day one mm. that uh, and because why would any team sell like like the Jaguars? I mean, they hadn't had success, but you know financially, they were not living up to their potential because if when you talk to people, hey, how come we can't sell tickets? We don't have sponsors. The answer was, well, we're not winning, or you know, we didn't get Tim Tebow, who was uh, you know a big local star, and um, uh, there was a huge controversy that you know we should have drafted him. So there were many reasons like that, and it was like, you know what? We let's focus on what we control, which is to have an experience get the loyalty and you know football is going to stand on its own. So I really worked on the business side which was we really had to pretty much change the whole staff. Was fortunate, you know, to get Mark Lamping as our president and really focus on how do we generate local revenue? I think that's the most important part because obviously you keep all of that and then you get the national revenue on top of that and that gives you the capital to invest which we did in the stadium with the city generate the revenue and you know football side that's not my competence to be deciding you know who to draft or what to do you you got to find the best people and empower them and hold them accountable
0: the fan base had kind of disengaged from the team a little bit before you got there when you got there, though, you threw yourself like right into the fan base, you know there was I remember there were, like fans, they were emulating your mustache, and you know were you comfortable with that and, and, I, and I asked that only because I, I was supr- a little bit surprised when it when it happened because you know, as the executive running a company, you know you're not really in the public eye all that much, and then here you were, it was like boom, and and all of a sudden, even though the team was not good, the fans re-engaged. It was very personal. I guess that's what I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's Auto Parts is personal, except you don't have Mike Kozanian interviewing you about Auto Parts, okay? Right. <laughs> the national media, uh, you know, we have 30,000 employees in Auto Parts making, uh, you know, l- good middle-class living, put a kid through college, home mortgage, whatever, it's not a sexy thing. It doesn't get the, uh, uh, the visibility that, for example, football does. So the whole issue, uh, I think, historically in Jacksonville was that two out of three football fans really moved in that area. Mm. Jaguars were not their first team they had a team when they moved to the area so when the attendance went down and you know sponsorship dropped off the attitude was well you know you better support us or we're going to move or something like that and uh to me if you work in a real business like auto parts you have to go earn your cust- you have to earn your business every day and you've got to have a certain amount of humility uh where You know, the customer is very important. So, and that's where really the international aspect came out, that, you know, if we can get a game out of our season, that's one less game to sell and support. And plus, we have an opportunity to develop more fans outside uh, Florida. And then how do we really even monetize that or uh, by, you know, hopefully having a bridge to get more jobs in Jacksonville uh, from maybe international businesses or exposure.
0: Looking on the business side, um, there's been a few areas that have really stood out to me. Maybe you could uh, uh, expand on a little bit where uh, there's been some growth. And I know you've been working on some new developments, you know, uh, things happening in terms of London, I know that you've made improvements to your stadium, the amphitheater, and then not directly related to it, but related to you, the, the, the whole shipyards thing. Yep. And all of that ties
1: into how do you create local revenue? And uh, basically, uh, you know, our fate is tied to Jacksonville. So, if Jacksonville does well, we're going to do well. I think that's point one. Point two, don't have more supply than really there's demand for. And then once we have the London aspect where we're there annually, uh, we can get sponsors, international sponsors, who we would be interesting to. Whereas just by being uh, you know, in North Florida, we might not be And really looking at the sponsors the way we would, you know, in any business that we want you here and we want you to get a return on your investment. We want you to emotionally connect. We want to give you your customers, you know, your family an experience money can't buy, which is uh, just about everything that goes into uh, football behind the scenes. And then what do we have to do to get you to sell more of your products? So, when you spend money with us, it gives you a real, real return. So, um, And, you know, winning is part of that, but uh, most importantly, I think people have a good time and, and they sell more product. So uh, a lot of the activities we have in Jacksonville we do nationally, internationally, are helping our sponsors really sell more of their stuff.
0: You were very uh, optimistic on the uh, shipyard, the port there in Jacksonville. Um, I think it's one of the very few deep water ports uh, of that size in the country. Are you still optimistic there? Have there been any developments with that port?
1: Yep. We have gone through a whole process, you know, with the city. And really, um, you know, you look at some of the fundamentals over there, it's uh you know, Jacksonville is a young area, which is probably the most important thing that, you know, there is human capital and young people uh, with the energy, which means they're attractive to, you know, potential employers. So uh, we have, uh, you know, the final stage now of negotiation to get 75 acres. And this is, you know, uh, you say shipyards and historically, that's where the shipyards were. And, uh, rehabilitating that and really using the stadium the amphitheater as economic engine for the city to get people in obviously from the geographical area to spend the money and have the energy but for it to be successful you've got to have people who live there work there play there and it's not just one way where they're coming in or going out so and, you know, so right now we're final stage of getting with the city and then really getting some world class uh, designers. Uh, basically, what we've done with the amphitheater and the indoor practice facility. Love for you really to come down, uh, uh, look at it, how we're using it for multi purpose. It's just opened here in the, uh, in the last couple of weeks. Developing around it, you know, which would be, you know, rental units, condominiums, obviously workspace which is companies that would hire the people and obviously most importantly the entertainment area.
0: I wonder if you could settle a sort of an argument I'm having with my mother, okay? And it's it's <laughs> not related to the NFL. It's really more baseball related, but I thought you might know just because you're familiar with Florida. She now, you know, spends a lot of time in Orlando. And she's uh-huh. and, and she likes all sports. And you know we were talking about, of course, the Miami Marlins are for sale, and then we were talking about the Tampa Bay Rays as well. She thinks that it would make sense for if they could you know if if, if baseball allowed it, and all that stuff for the Tampa Bay Rays to play at Orlando. She thinks Orlando's up and coming it's, it's got you know uh, they made a lot of progress with the universities and business and stuff, so forth, good uh, uh, young and growing demographic. And I was like, I don't know, my, like, you know, I just, you know, I'm so used to, I used to go down there all the time when uh, grandma and grandpa were alive. I still, to me, Orlando seems, you know, perhaps not quite uh, ready for a baseball team, but I had to ask you, what do you think? I think Mike, you got to listen to your mother. (laughs) (laughs) Some things never change, right?
1: (laughs) I think your mom's onto something. And, um, I I think uh, she's spot on, and it's very perceptive of her. When you look at it, it's one big metro area, mm. uh, even Jacksonville. I mean, Jacksonville, depending on parts of Orlando, uh, you know, maybe an hour and a half or something like that. Uh, and uh, then you run into the gridlock, obviously, in uh, downtown Orlando, but, you know, Tampa is another hour and a half from there. So it's one big area. But I think your mom is on, is uh, spot on that. I think uh, they do have the magic there, but it would be more centrally located uh, mm-hmm. and draw a bigger crowd. All right. So baseball is a, you know, baseball is a tough challenge in Florida anyway.
0: So right, I right. think they
1: would have a fair chance. Yeah.
0: Right. So looking over the past year or so, uh, lots happened in the NFL, obviously. Big, big things anyway. You know, you had the Rams move into uh, Englewood near LA. Of course, the Raiders are going to move to Las Vegas. You've had the, uh, we touched on the Amazon deal and and the uh, expansion of NFL and getting its content out in other forms. Uh, And then you couple that with all the different takes people sort of had on the slip in TV ratings for the NFL. Although I think, still I think the 8 or 12 most-watched, or maybe it was 8 out of the 10 most-watched television programs live last year were still NFL games. But, you know, at any time the NFL ratings don't continue to go up, people ask questions. On, on all of this, Shad, the big picture, what's kind of your take of where the NFL is right now?
1: Well, uh, I think, Mike, I mean, obviously my, you know, I know from up close and personal in the last five years, I think it's never been stronger. Um, look at uh, you know where the national revenue is. Uh, look at any sponsorship deal that uh, uh, you know comes up uh, the uh, you know it's now viewed as entertainment, but more importantly like content, which is um, uh, valuable. so all around. I think it's stronger than it's ever been. And uh, some of these things might be, uh, you know, random, but when it's all said and done, uh, you know, it all aligns, uh, you know, in a perfect good
0: storm. And taking a break to say there's this place in Bali where you can play 18 holes next to an active volcano. There's this fountain in Miami that goes off with every home run. There's this subway line in New York that'll take you straight to both arenas. There's an exciting and thrilling world waiting, and no other card lets you experience it like the business platinum card from American Express, backed by the service and security of American Express. There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America. It was the next day that I found out from my parents what had happened, that my sister was killed. Each one is called a cold case. Sometimes you have to look really closely to find the evidence. Damn, I, I killed her. Damn it, I killed her. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Garcia is walking into the home of a real monster. I was nervous. I realized what kind of person I was dealing with. It's a goosebump moment. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One.com. Growing a beard isn't as simple as just not shaving. Beards of all lengths require proper care. Even stubble, Cremo Company is here for you and your beard with our line of beard products: beard and scruff cream to relieve that itch, softener to soothe and condition, revitalizing oils for critical hydration, a refreshing wash to keep it clean, and balm to tame and style. Cremo beard products. Beard boldly at Walmart, Target, CVS Pharmacy, Rite Aid, Walgreens, and on Amazon. Just going across the pond. Uh with the soccer team, Fulham, I mean, obviously, the, if you look at the rights fees that the top domestic leagues have been signing, of course, the Premier, Premier League's was by far the biggest, but even uh, Serie A in Italy, the Bundesliga, their media rights deals are, are now climbing as the, just like the deals for the U.S. sports leagues have been over the past decade. Um, how's business at Fulham? Uh, I think business is very good,
1: but uh, to add to what you're saying, there's one big difference. Um, You know, I was, uh, uh, I ran into uh, a guy at Oxford who had done a lot of research. The higher the revenue on soccer, the higher the losses, okay? Uh, Which is a staggering fact. So when you look, you know, Uh, why they don't have control over their costs. So the higher revenue doesn't translate into um, investment that you could keep putting in for sustainability and improving the experience. Uh, NFL, um, the higher the revenue, obviously, the players' cost goes up proportionally, but you still have, uh, funds to be able to invest in the experience, so that is one big difference. That business can be very good, but uh, and it is very good. And uh, you know, at Fulm, um, you know, we've got a blessed with absolutely a great location on the north bank of the Thames, and you know, we have development now, real estate development, and final stages for approvals, which will add. Significantly more non-game day revenue. Um, so, but that if you don't get the player costs in line, and then you know it's all for naught, or maybe even worse than that, because uh, teams will start uh, really spending money they think they'll have two years from mm-hmm. now on players, and um, you know those things long term never turn out well.
0: You know, any of these top-flight players, you're talking $50 million, $40 million, $60 million transfer fees. I mean, it's 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 uh, it's a total arms race out there. And, you know, I was just thinking about it, you mentioned the smaller, uh, the lower-revenue teams. And the name escapes me, but you look at uh, the team that won the Premier League last year. I think they were like oh, a— Oh, Lester? Lester? I mean, that's—you yes. know, talk about catching lightning in a bottle. I mean, that sort of seems— uh, one way to do really well, and then the other thing is the uh, lower. Yeah, but they Redmond were in a teams.
1: relegation battle this year.
0: Yeah, okay. it's because it's up and okay. down, right? But they never spend a crazy amount. But but I want to get to you know I see a parallel a little bit with the development of the land around where the Jacks play and where Fulham are. Are these teams? Do these teams offer? Brand extension into other businesses because of the popularity that they have?
1: Absolutely. They absolutely do. And um, absolutely. And um, so, I mean, you've got these assets and you've got to be able to, you know, uh, monetize them in a number of different ways. And, um, uh, you know, and it has to be the non game day all year round, kind of you know kind of events. you know look at for example jaguars with the amphitheater next door at the most maybe you have 12 14 games uh, events a year and you have all these you know restrooms kitchens lounges that are not used mm. so by adding an amphitheater right next to it where you know if it's too hot outside in the summer you step into the air-conditioned lounges And just from Memorial Day till the end of the year, we had 47 events booked. Now you're taking those assets and using them a lot more. And you can control the environment. You know, if it's too cold, you can, again, go back into a heated environment. have, obviously, the food, the beverages, all that be top-notch. But you're using assets you already have that are underused. You know what? I mean, I went to a couple of baseball games last year, and I was kind of blown away at the difference between an NFL game and a baseball game. I mean, how long you have to stand in line to buy, uh, you know, let's say a beer, and how long you got to stand in line in the restroom. Uh, it's quite amazing that uh, um, uh, the NFL facilities just, you know, are a different level in a good way. You have a lot more people and. Uh, they need to do what whatever they're doing and get out quickly. So, absolutely, the brand extension, the experience extension, you know, is out there, and you must do it to maximize all the assets you have right now.
0: By the way, ha- have you gotten into yet? I, I've sort of was forced to over the last couple of years because of my job. This whole social media thing. I mean, do you tweet? Are you on? No, you know, th- none no. of that yet. I,
1: well, it's not none of that yet. I mean, obviously, you have uh, for the teams, but personally, I don't. And you know, Mike, why? It's very simple. You only have so much time and energy and money, and you want to use it to the max. But the social media engagement, you know, it's an effort, and it can be a distraction. So I have, uh, you know, it's it's not where I want to use Time, effort, energy, or money
0: on. You know better than me. I just think you you'd be really great at it. I really do because you give <laughs> no. You give very, uh, you know, Twitter, with Twitter. You know, it's very short bursts of comments, and I and I think that. Uh, You could be very – you know, I think of people who are really good at it, like uh, even not in sports, like Larry Kudlow, right? Uh, He's great at it, and I follow him uh, for stuff on the economy and markets, short, quick bursts of really interesting stuff. And I think you could be the same way on sports. But you are doing a lot of different stuff, and I do want to touch on a couple of these. Um, I know uh, that your auto parts company is still growing before I get into your new businesses, the hotel thing, how is that happening given the state of this economy the last few years? What have you been able to achieve there?
1: Well, I think any business, Mike, I mean, the philosophy I've had is worry about things you control. Don't worry about things you don't control, okay? So um, auto industry is one-eighth of our economy. So whether the car sales truck sales are going up or down you know it's a huge opportunity so we have moved away from being a commodity to really you've got to have intellectual property ideas solutions that you know the automakers will want and will pay for it so what's important fuel efficiency which means parts have to be lighter new designs which are pleasing but also maybe more aerodynamic new gadgetry all kinds of gadgetry so which people will pay for for us it's like you know every day is a growth opportunity and now once you are adding uh, new ideas intellectual property you have a really an ability to totally redefine Uh, automobile or in a truck and you know some of the elements going on whether it's electrification or autonomous driving what have you those are all opportunities if you were not in it um, you know the basically uh... the playgrounds being leveled and you get a chance to be able to you know participate in that so Finding good people and then, I mean, a big advantage we have, we're not public so we can invest and not worry about, hey, we're going to get it hammered here this quarter uh, because we have, uh, you know, our earnings might be down. We really don't worry about that. To me, auto parts, I think pretty much since 1978, I mean, I've been in it all except January of 2009, uh, you know, we had growth. Wow. So, um, and it's, you've got to start planning and pushing for it, uh, you know, way before uh, it happens. And now, you know, we have a great opportunity in Europe with how things have changed. And, you know, we're jumping on it with both feet. I
0: and mean, when we talk about Flexengate now, I mean, I know you're a private company, so you don't give out specific numbers. But we're talking about a, a, a multi-billion dollar company, correct?
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It'd probably be north of 8. And, you know, we're not a top-line driven Because you can, when it's, you know, one-eighth of the economy, you can have a huge amount of top line. It's like how much cash you generate and what's the bottom line. I mean, that's what's important because you need that to pay the employees and attract the right employees and be able to invest. And some of the fun stuff is now for us to, you're going to build new plants for a number of reasons, to invest in the inner city. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've been doing it like Detroit, a largest investment in 25 years in inner city Detroit, you know, we we broke ground on it a year ago, and that's 200 million bucks of the greatest technology, but, uh, you know, there's over 20% unemployment, and some of these people, you know, they were displaced a long time ago. Um, for them, you know, it's close to 1,000 jobs that will pay, you know, in the mid-20s uh, per hour with benefits. So, uh, good jobs where, uh, you know, they can come in, get trained and really uh, uh, be able to have a middle class life. So, I mean, we're doing a lot of that stuff. We're going to do it in Chicago now on the south side and uh, a number of other metropolitan areas. You're going to grow. It's not such social. It's good business. Uh, but if you can have a social aspect to it, why not?
0: And, of course, because you don't have enough to do uh You've started a Four Seasons Hotel? (laughs) Well, you know, Mike, that is
1: something kind of, you know, we have 11 plants around Toronto. And um, when I'm up there, you know, you could go stay at, you know, Motel 6 or something, uh, but it's life's too short. I mean, I'd rather drive and, um, uh, you know, 45 minutes, an hour and really kind of enjoy the city, whether it's Chicago or New York or Toronto or whatever, London. And, uh, you know, this is the new flagship Four Seasons was born in Toronto. Uh, The founder lives not too far. The global office is not too far. And I could never get a room there. Or if there was, it was a ridiculous amount. So, and then they put it up for sale, and I couldn't believe it. So uh, I said, Well, this is something that would, you know, make sense because I'm there and I would never have to look for a room. And then the more I looked at it, it's really great business because they have great people and the processes. So it's, you know, if you're not growing every day, uh, learning new things, whether it's auto parts football or something else, I mean, you're dying. And so I said, you know, this would be something that makes sense, something fun to do. And yeah, I j- jumped on it. It's been great. It's about, a, it'd be a year old this uh, end of this year.
0: No, tr- no problem getting a room now at a reasonable price, right? <laughs> uh,
1: no, as a matter of fact, it's, it's like for me, it's almost irresponsible. I'll call and they say, you know, we are plus, Oh, we're minus four. That's lingo for they have four more uh, reservations than rooms, so it's okay. Well, thank you very much. You're minus five now because you know I'm coming in tonight. So, uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, you, you're a Muslim America living in Trump's America, and you know I know you went to the inauguration, but we're also outspoken against the travel ban. Um, how is it all this for you today? You know, I have met him
1: socially about football couple of times, and you know I thought this was my belief that he's a you know decent good guy, and maybe he'll do you have to say certain things to get elected, and then once you get elected you kind of you have to move to the middle to really govern so it it was a really i would say shocker for me to see some of the stuff that came out you know anti-Muslim, anti muslim anti I mean, most importantly, anti-immigration, because that's the root cause. I mean, I'm an immigrant, legal. It was so far out there that uh, basically it's been exposed for what it is. And really, the legislative branch didn't do much. We know what the executive branch was. I mean, it's the judicial branch is what most, whether you're Muslim immigrants, look towards to really do the right thing and provide the
0: balance, and they've done that. The 12B1 visas have really picked up on, on the other side of it. I, th- I think there's been a big surge in those 12B1 visas over the last couple of months.
1: Well, it just has started happening, Yeah, and I think you need that. You, you need that for the good of the country. It's uh, That's just not social uh, thing. It's good economically because... You're not gonna be able to run, you know, golf clubs or resorts or a lot of the other places, farms, uh, you know, without those visas.
0: And we may not get our next great NFL owner and auto parts company CEO either. Uh yeah, Shad, well, it's it's I I can't thank you enough for coming on. I know how busy you are. And I'm going to see the Sports Money TV producer, Dave Alford's in a couple hours, and I'm going to tell him that you've said it's okay for us to come down and, and see all that's changed in the last five years. So, uh, Mike, I mean, you're an inspirational
1: guy and would love for you to come down. I think uh, I learned something from you anytime I talk
0: to you. Love
1: for you to come down. See the change.
0: You're too generous. Thank you, Sean. Have a great day, and uh, I'll see you soon. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. That's it for this episode of Forbes Sports Money. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, please email us at sportsmoneyatpodcastone.com. That's onecom dot By the way, you can download the all-new Podcast One app now in the App Store or on Google Play. Find your favorite shows and new content to go with them like articles, behind-the-scenes photos, and videos. There is no other podcast app like this. Check it out. Have you heard Spike's Car Radio? It's comedian, actor, writer Spike Ferriston sitting on the porch in Malibu talking with some cool people about cool cars and life in general. My first guest is Jerry Seinfeld. He's right here. He was all right. Don't try to hug him. Chris Hardwick. I could feel everything on the road. I mean, it was right. basically like, it was like unprotected sex for driving. Could- <laughs> Jeremy Piven. I I hold you know what? I think years. you
1: and Jerry are spiritually tied to cars, <laughs> and I respect it and I love
0: it, but I don't quite get it yet, but I want to get it. Download new episodes of Spikes Car Radio every Wednesday on the Podcast One app, or save time and subscribe now at Apple Podcasts or at Podcast PodcastOne.com.
1: It doesn't take a miracle to be wise with money, but it does take faith and a plan. At Thrivent, we help millions of Christians be wise with money with advice, insurance, banking, investments, and generosity. Visit Thrivent.com. Thrivent. Be wise with money.
0: At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where
1: are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs.
0: Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.